This is the Bob Long Sports Podcast. Google me. That's why I don't read the newspaper. You can put it on the board. Welcome into the palestra on the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Bob Long Sports coverage of Big Five basketball and our stadium tour. We were all over the place last year all from the Prudential Center of Seton Hall to the University of Pittsburgh and the certainly Duquesne Dukes Palumbo Center as well as the pavilion on the campus of Villanova University, Tom Goley University at LaSalle. We now make our way to the Mecca. The Palestra, where basketball in Philadelphia made a name for itself, where the Big Five became everything that it's known as today. And I'm happy to bring on my co-host now, Kevin Long. Kevin is back from Lehigh University, where he's a baseball player there, but of course follows the basketball on the campus of Lehigh University and the Patriot League and action that goes on there. But Kev, this... An atmosphere, certainly, as this place will start to fill up closer to game time, unlike any other that you see here in the state of Pennsylvania or really anywhere not named Durham, North Carolina. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, thank you for having me on the show, Bob. I'm really excited about this. You know, when you walk in here, it seems like it's Lehigh all over again, but really it's, it's something special. I can already see it right now. You know, some of the fans are already coming in here. They're excited for the game. This is, this is going to be something special. It was built in 1927 and remains almost the way it was originally built to this day. One level of concourses all around. Certainly that can make for lines for concessions, lines for bathrooms, but it makes an atmosphere on the court that is uh, very, very unique. Certainly when you go back to the old days of the Spectrum in Philadelphia, when you don't have that difference in concourse levels, everything's more compact when you get into the stands themselves. And certainly when you get into the rivalries that were made here. Certainly, like we said, 1927 it was built. 1955 it became the home of the Big Five, which was formed in the year 1954. And since that point, the schools Penn, LaSalle, St. Joseph's, Temple, and Villanova are the five teams that comprise that Big Five. The years of doubleheaders, where you have one game, say, LaSalle versus St. Joe's, and another game, Temple-Villanova, one after the other, half of the stands filled by one half of the students and fan bases, say, Villanova, and then they have Temple. It, it's something that stopped a few years ago, certainly as monetary demands uh, crept up certainly in not just this level of college basketball, but all over college sports. However, Kevin, the unique thing about this year is that they're going back to it. And over the last two years, they've had one game each year or one day of the year where they would have a doubleheader. 25-2016 will be no different. And again, an honor for our site and just a pure excitement. It's my first time being at the opening game for the Big Five in any given season. And again, you'll have these five teams play around Robin. So four, four games, each of them, to decide who will be the Big Five champion. We're at game number one, LaSalle versus Penn. Yeah, and you mentioned it. And just in, in this type of an era when everything is based on money, you know, you see some rivalries diminish sometimes because there's not enough money in it. You know, they want to play somewhere else because they can make more there. But this is great to see going back to their roots. It's just something you don't see every day. You, you know, you got a big team like Villanova, who's a national powerhouse, and they want to come play in this tiny little arena because it's their rival. And that's just something that's really exciting and uh, something that we all love to see. As we get into 
the Big Five itself and this Big Five schedule we mentioned, this is the opening game, and it's head coach John Giannini of the LaSalle Explorers. He's been here for over 10 years versus a first-year man, Kevin, for the University of Pennsylvania, and that's Steve Donahue, who cut his teeth at Boston College and had some good years there. Is not there anymore. Lost his job a few years back, but now has an opportunity, much as Fran Dunphy did when he built this Penn program up. I mean, this is a program where you can win at. And maybe the last few go-rounds, they haven't been able to perform those winning ways. We saw it with Dunphy, Donahue with the same type of pedigree coming in, and an opportunity for this Penn program in a conference in the Ivy League. I mean, you say Big Five. On one baseline, it says Big Five. The other are the letters Ivy League etched into the side. So this is Penn's home floor, and the Ivy League is a league that's been dominated by Harvard the last couple of years, Princeton to an extent as well. And it's an opportunity for Steve Donahue with some of the departures in the coaching ranks of the Ivy League recently to make a name for himself and this program back near the top. Yeah, and I think you nailed it there, Bob. You know, after uh, being cut loose at, at Boston College, getting another opportunity here at Penn, build his reputation back up and as well it's a great opportunity for Penn too uh, to have a great coach uh, for a few years here while he builds up that program and you know Penn could get themselves back to a point where they're in the tournament every single year Harvard's kind of taken uh, the lead in in the Ivy League as, as of recent years but this is a great opportunity for Penn to get right back into that discussion and you see another coach at this level Tommy Amaker is the head man at Harvard, and he's been very, very good for a long, year, a long, long time. He originally coached under Mike Krzyzewski. He's part of that Coach K tree that also includes Johnny Dawkins and Stanford, a team that we'll get into in the second half of the show as we preview the entire Big Five this, this evening because Villanova will face Stanford in a Thanksgiving Day matinee, 4.30, up at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. But... Again, Amaker is a guy that's made a name for himself and has year-over-year year success at Harvard, a program where the balance of putting your students through an academic rigor but also producing a quality basketball program is a challenge to the likes of anything that John Calipari has to deal with at the University of Kentucky, and it's a good opportunity for Donahue and these guys to continue that. Now let's go through the starting lineup for this Penn Quaker team, and it'll be Jake Silpy, the freshman. He's out of Cherry Hill, New Jersey, averaging just about 25 minutes a game, five and a half points, but he's a guy at 6'2 that's going to handle the ball and, uh, and have an opportunity. You're going to need to keep those turnovers down against a team like LaSalle that has a lot of very good athletes. Antonio Woods is 6'1". He's out of Cincinnati, Ohio. That physical high school system that they have out there in Cincinnati, I mean, you hear about that all across the country. He at 6'1", averaging 8.3 a game, needs to be strong with the basketball. Then you get into the front court, and this Penn team does have size, Kevin. It's Sam Jones, number 14, at 6'7", out of Gilbert, Arizona, averaging 15 points a game. Matt Howard, a junior, not that Matt Howard, no, out of Butler. This one's out of Columbia, South Carolina, 6'4", averaging 10.3 a game. And then the big man, Darian Nelson Henry out of Kirkland, Washington. He is 6'11", 265, and is averaging 12.8 points a game. That's good for second on this Penn Quakers team. As we move on to the LaSalle Explorers, this LaSalle team 3-0 on the year, Kevin. And they've traveled and they've had some difficult games. They've been able to win. Johnny Schuler, 5'11", out of Washington, D.C., 12.7 points a game. Amar Stukes out of this area. And certainly those that listen to our radio shows know about our relationship and partnership with LaSalle College High School. Amar cut his teeth at LaSalle and was runner-up Philadelphia Catholic League Player of the Year his senior year, uh, only losing out to Steve Vasteri of St. Joseph's Prep. So it shows the kind of pedigree that he has. And now... Stukes, amazingly enough, a sophomore already, his second year playing for this team. He's 6'2", 185, we're averaging 4.7 a game. Cleon Roberts, that's a name you've all heard before, 13 points a game, junior 6'6", out of Miami, Florida. Rohan Brown, 6'6", out of Hartford, Connecticut, will average 4.7. And the final starter, he's a, star, he's a forward on this lineup, 6'5", and that's actually pretty much the tallest guy on this starting lineup, Kevin. 5-5 five, five out of Decatur, Georgia. He is the, as you put it before we came on here, the leading scorer in the country with 29.3 points a game and averaging 35 minutes. So, 
I mean, it, that's going to be a huge challenge for this Penn team. But the lack of size on the LaSalle front court also provides an opportunity for a guy like Darian Nelson Henry averaging 13. Yeah, and you nailed it there, Bob. I think I think LaSalle is definitely the favorite in this game, but with Penn's size here, they definitely have a chance to compete. They have, you know, 6'11", Darian Nelson Henry. If he can have a big game, LaSalle doesn't have the, the height to match up with him. He could really he could really dominate down there in the post, and I think he will be the key in this game if Penn were to win. Bob Long Sports coverage of Big Five basketball. We're here from the Palestra. It's the opening game of the 2015-2016 Big Five season. We teased a little bit that this was number one. We'll take you through the rest of the games. Every team will play four, and if someone is undefeated, clearly, that means they will be the champion. If they Let's say everyone loses a game. You'll likely have one or more teams at three and one. If you have more than one, that is a split championship. So let's get into the schedule. Tonight, November 25th, LaSalle at Penn, which is right here at the Palestra. On December 1st, that's Tuesday of this week, Villanova will trail, travel to Hagen Arena at 7 o'clock p.m. to face arch rival and holy war nemesis St. Joseph's. On the 9th, that's eight days later to so make that Wednesday night. Temple will travel here to the Palestra for a 7 p.m. tip. December 13th, St. Joseph's will travel to Temple. LaSalle at Villanova will be December 13th. That's the same day as St. Joseph's Temple, so we will find out a lot about those teams, and that's a 4 p.m. and 5 p.m. tip, respectively. Penn will then travel to Villanova December 28th. Kevin, I know the, a game that we will be at. And then there's the big one. You see the next two games, January 20th, January 20th, both here at the Palestra. One starting at 7 o'clock, and that's what we talked about at the beginning of the broadcast, that they're going back once a year to a doubleheader at the Palestra. That will be Temple versus LaSalle at 7 o'clock p.m. on January 20th, and then immediately following St. Joseph versus Penn, tentative tip time, 9.30 p.m. Kevin, that atmosphere, I know when we were younger, certainly, we had the opportunity to go to a game like that or two. But since then, there have been very fleeting opportunities for fans in this city to understand and re-engage in an opportunity like that to have a doubleheader at the Mecca. W what do you see that weekend being like? Yeah, absolutely. That's going to be an insane weekend. Uh, you know, these teams don't usually all come together like this so it'll be definitely uh reigniting this this rivalry of these five schools you know for the past 10 or 15 years these teams play each other one at a time they're never all in the same place at the same time like this and just seeing all these philadelphia schools competing at the same time in the same place probably have the same fans staying for all the games uh, that, that'll just excite everyone about this rivalry and and definitely get this going and get it back to levels where it was in years past you notice the team, and it's the elephant in the room, but you notice the team that isn't involved with that doubleheader in the Big Five, and that's Villanova. Certainly, without mentioning this as part of the history of the Big Five, would be a disservice on this show, and that's when the moves started being made, when the money became more of a bigger deal. In part, it was Villanova and Roly Massimino who decided that they wanted to play more of these games on campus, a better revenue opportunity. And as you've seen with conference realignment, I mean, Temple's been part of it in the football aspect, moving to the American Conference. And if you want to take a more cynical way to look at it, it didn't really have a spot in the Atlantic 10 anymore because they wanted to make money at the football level, and, and the A-10, as a result, wasn't a place for them anymore. So you see that there. You saw Villanova think about moving down to PPL Park to play football and maybe moving into the Big East for football. A now defunct Big East conference for football, and now it's simply the Catholic 7 plus 3 now, three other non-football schools. I mean, that was in a very early way a precursor to what was happening, what was coming down the pike as financial implications, television contracts, and everything else became such a huge part of college athletics specifically college basketball and college football as we know them today yeah and it's it's a shame that that it's kind of come to that and um you know a big team like villanova will need to to make revenues i mean they're they're a big time team 
always in the top 25. And in order to contend with those teams and stay up there at the top, they do need to continue to make revenue. So that does make it a problem when you want to come to an arena like this and play a doubleheader behind two other teams. So I certainly understand where Villanova's come from. It's just a shame that, uh, you know, in collegiate athletics, which is supposed to be an amateur sport, it has come down to the money just like it has in professional athletics. Final couple games to take a look at here on the 2015-2016 Big Five schedule for this year. LaSalle at St. Joseph's at Hagen Arena. That's February 13th. And Villanova at Temple at the Leah Chorus Center, the final game of the 2015-2016 Big Five schedule. Kevin, I have a feeling that that could mean something. I don't know if they'll both be 3-0 and going into that game, but it would not be out of the realm of possibility with the way the two teams are playing so far. We'll talk about Temple in the second half of this show, but 1-3 on the year, all three losses to ranked teams. They went on the road and played the number two team in the country at the time, which was North Carolina. They also lost to Butler and just last night lost a tough one to Utah at the final stages of the game. Their win was against a solid Minnesota team, which will win some games in the Big Ten this year. Temple, I think, setting themselves up well after losing a lot last year. You know, Will Cummings is no longer the diminutive guard that just seemed to sneak by every defender and still get the ball above the rim. He did so many things for that program. He's no longer there. But still, Jalen Bond and Quinton DeCozy come back to lead that program in their upperclassmen stages, and I think it is going to be a very good team. Yeah, I agree with you. They're a team that's been up and coming for years now. Uh, you know, you're starting to see it with football now, and, and all their programs are really starting to come alive. They've, you know, cut programs in recent history, as we all know, and they have more funding to, to put towards their basketball and football uh, teams, and I think you're starting to see that, really. Um, you know, and Playing these big-time teams like that, you know, Temple's clearly trying to increase their prestige as a program, trying to get better recruits by saying, you know, we play these teams, look at us. You know, if you come here, you're going to play against the top competition. You're going to see everything that you can handle. You know, where else would you want to be? You're right in the Philadelphia area. And that's that's how they're going to recruit, the, get their recruits, especially from this Philadelphia area. Yep, they've had a knack for some big games. They hammered Kansas last year by about 30 points. You see Duke seemingly every other year. Tennessee has come up to town. They've played Memphis and now will play Memphis every single year in conference play, but this is a team that goes out and schedules every single year. And in addition to the fact that they go out and schedule a Duke and a Kansas, the fact that they see Villanova on their schedule every year, with Villanova being a top 10 type team for the last nearly decade, that's always going to help their RPI. That's always going to be a draw for kids. Now, certainly a challenge as well, right? I mean, you take a look at Jalen Brunson, a kid whose father, Rick Brunson, was a star at Temple, NBA player, and it was a thought that he was going to be an assistant coach, Rick, that is, if Jalen came, and, uh, and they thought that that was going to be a big sell for Jalen to have Rick on the coaching staff to turn that down and go to Villanova. So it really is a balance in many ways. I mean, the Philadelphia competition and that competition you see, including right down the road every single year, does make it tough. But they've lost out on two very high-profile recruits in the last three years in the form of Daniel Ochefu, who is a top target of, of Fran Dunphy, and now Jalen Brunson with other recruiting battles mixed in between. But those are the two that really stand out to me where Villanova was the beneficiary over Temple. Yeah, and I think you're going to see Temple start to get some of those recruits. They're still in probably the middle stages of becoming a big-time team. They're not a top 25 perennial team at this point, but they're showing signs that that's where they're headed at this point, and I think eventually this big five is going to get to a point where it is a two-horse race, and we're always going to see Temple and Villanova fighting it out at the end, and um, that just seems like that's where the trend is headed at this point. Big five opener, and we have the pregame show for you right here on Bob Long Sports. We're live from the Palestra, the mecca of college basketball, not just here in Philadelphia, 
but all across the country as Penn at 3-1 on the year takes on LaSalle, who is still undefeated. We mentioned the starters. We mentioned the fact that we're going to see the nation's leading scorer here tonight in the form of Jordan Price. And then we have a man in Darian Nelson Henry, another key for Penn here, that's going to have five inches on anyone that lines up against him in the starting lineup for the LaSalle Explorers. It should be a great matchup and lots of things to get to on the other side. We're going to talk about what venues compare to the Palestra, what's different about them, and what makes them so iconic in college basketball. Beyond that, we're going to talk more about the Villanova Wildcats. We mentioned Temple and everything that they're putting into their season, some of their key players. We haven't hit on St. Joe's. We'll talk about them as well. DeAndre Bembry and company looking to do some things this year and create some havoc and break up that top two that Kevin mentioned here in the Big Five. A lot more to come before tip-off, 7 o'clock here from the Palestra, and this is Bob Long Sports. We'll be right back on the other side. Elmark Signs and Graphics, your choice for custom signs and design, has been servicing the Philadelphia area for over 30 years. From illuminated signs to vehicle wraps, Elmark Signs is your choice for all your custom signs needs. Elmark delivers high-quality signs with a courteous, helpful, and experienced staff. Visit them at lmarksigns.com or give them a call at 610-692-0525. Again, that's lmarksigns.com. 610-692-0525. Go check out their website for some great examples of signs that Elmark has created and be sure to tell them that Bob Long Sports sent you. ElmarkSigns.com, your choice for custom signs and design. Bob Long from Bob Long Sports here, and I want to tell you about the good folks over at City Year Philadelphia. Every day, the dedicated young adults at City Year make an impact in high-need schools in Philadelphia and in 26 other cities across the country by serving students who need extra help to stay on track to graduate. If you are ages 17 to 24 and are interested in serving as a tutor, role model, or mentor, check out the inspiring stories at hashtag MakeBetterHappen. City Year is currently accepting applicants for the next school year. This is Bob Long here, and you certainly know me from BLS, doing LaSalle College High School broadcasts, our weekly radio shows, and everything in between. However, during the 9 to 5, I am a commercial banker at PNC Bank. If your business is looking for financing or any other type of assistance... You can reach me at 856-489-2750 or at robert.f.long at pnc.com. I've had experience in the energy industry, healthcare, public finance, as well as in manufacturing and leasing. Again, the number is 856-489-2750. Bob Long, a commercial banker at PNC, helping make your businesses grow. Soccer is the fastest growing sport in America. It's about time the most popular game in the world, the beautiful game of soccer, comes to Philly Airwaves. Boozella, the World Soccer Show, presented by the Iron Abbey, is a live, interactive talk show dealing entirely with professional soccer. The show exists only to serve the love of the culture, pageantry, and tactical aspect of the beautiful game of soccer. Join Boozella every Sunday from 3 to 5 on 610 Sports. Hey, Bob Long Sports fans, how can you stay involved with the site anytime? A reminder to follow us on Twitter, at Bob Long Sports. You can also access our Facebook group. Just search Bob Long Sports, and it'll come right up. And then, if you have a smartphone, you can listen to any of our live programming by visiting the Ustream app, that's U-S-T-R-E-A-M, searching Bob Long Sports, all one word, and you can access any live programming on the Bob Long Sports network. So be sure to stay connected to Bob Long Sports. Bob Long Sports, Bob Long Sports, your daily dose of sports. Sports. BobLongSports.com gives you not only the best radio broadcasts on the Internet, but plenty of articles as well. Stay up to date on your Penn State football team. Stay up to date on college football, the MLB, the NFL, and every other major sport out there. Just tune in to all the radio shows and be sure to check our website regularly to see what content we have up now. And when you hear that jingle... Bob Long Sports, Bob Long Sports, your daily dose of sports. Sports. You know you're in the right place.
And we are back here at the Palestra on the campus of the University of Pennsylvania, the home of the Big Five and the Big Five 2015-2016 opener. Bob Long, Kevin Long alongside, and we welcome Kevin back from Lehigh University here on Thanksgiving break and really happy that he could join us. Now, we were having a discussion on the way here, and I think it really does bear mentioning because when you talk about this as the real mecca of basketball, sometimes I'm not really sure how many people outside the city really would agree with that or would necessarily understand all the backdrop that goes into a statement like that and that there really is across the country nothing quite like having five programs of this level and certainly as you go back to the 90s and 80s it was probably more true of five programs on a very high level nationally facing off against one another really at a neutral site venue for the vast majority of them one after another and playing for a championship not a conference title not a national title but really a third and separate and distinct title, which is that of the Big Five, which is bragging rights on the courts in Narbreth in the summer based on what happens during the winter. And that's really what this is all about. I consider this a mecca of college basketball as a result and the great moments that we've had in the Big Five. And again, we've mentioned this has been the home of the Big Five since 1955. And it was named at the suggestion of a Greek professor Dr. William N. Bates. And he said, Kevin, this name fits because in ancient Greece, when young men, very similar to the Olympics, would compete in a decathlon-type variety of events, any type of athletic competitions, they would do this in what's a rectangular exposure or an enclosure called a palestra. And that is why you have people from all over the great city of Philadelphia have them competing here at this venue, a bit of a history lesson. That is why this building, not named for any sponsor or anything else but the Palestra, a Greek ancient historical term that I think fits it very well. You know, this isn't quite a coliseum. It's not big enough to be a coliseum. The building next door has a coliseum feel to it, Franklin Field. But this, the Palestra, it, it fits. And uh, that's how the name was born and how it stuck. Yeah, and certainly a lot of history here. Not only do some of the best, best college basketball programs in, in this city come to play here, but also high school sports all have their championships here. Uh, you know, a lot of intense history, a lot of competition. Uh, it, you know, the name is just very fitting in that sense. And you mentioned the high school here. Roman Catholic last year on their way to their first state championship won a memorable game here. And the celebrations after that game, it was a close game. And that program, who's now gotten to the mountaintop, they'll look back at that game winning here at the Palestra as, as everything that that state championship was and more. And that is a unique aspect. And you see a lot of these Roman Catholic kids, people like Malik Wayans, have come through the halls of Villanova. And folks that even now are going to Penn State, Shep Garner, and now Tony Carr and Lamar Stevens, they're committing to Penn State. Pat Chambers, the head coach there with Philadelphia Ties, will find excuses to come back and play at the Palestra, whether it's a preseason tournament or a regular season matchup against LaSalle a few years ago. I mean, these Philly guys, they don't really leave even when they go away. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's definitely 100% right. These kids come in here, they play, you know, probably from the time they're in grade school. I'm sure they've played some games in here, some top AAU games uh, come to play here in the Palestra, and these kids don't want to leave that. They want to come back, and they still want to play here, so they want to find a way to continue that, whether that's playing in Philadelphia or going to Penn State, where they know they'll be back here in the future. With the discussion about this, as I'm ter terming it a mecca of college basketball, what are some of the other meccas that you would consider in college basketball some of the greatest college basketball venues and it can be for a variety of reasons what comes to your mind from your lifetime watching college hoops understanding the history as i know you do what type of venues would you put in this category or maybe also in a category like the palestra but for different reasons so I think when you think about the Palestra, I think the closest arena that comes to my mind would be Cameron Indoor down in Durham, North Carolina. Now I know that's a very different feel. Duke is very much a contender for a national championship every year. 
and they very much want to bring in revenue every single game, but it's still not that huge stadium. It's not that carrier dome that seats 40,000 people into a basketball game. They still are very enclosed. They they uh, try to bring up the noise in that in that arena by keeping it so enclosed. So I think Cameron Indoor, with all the history, the, the tight space, the way it is, I, I'd say that's the closest thing to the Palestra in the entire nation. Sure, and I would agree with that because of the seating as well. I mean, it's a very similar feel in that the lower level is pull-out, for one, the seats, and then there's a bar, and above that you have a very similar feel. As we look around this stadium, and again, we'll be posting these pictures onto our website from our experience here tonight, but it is bleacher stands going all the way around. Those are the only permanent seats in the building. And then there's room in between the court and that barrier, which is, again, elevated about a floor off the ground, where they pull out seats behind the baskets along the sidelines. And a lot of times, that's where the students will sit. You see that at Cameron Indoor as well. The students are right on the sideline. Tonight, they will be on the baseline. But when they have two big five teams, they'll have the student sections of each team's on the respective baselines, which is a very unique situation. But relatively the same in terms of approximate capacity and a very, very same feel inside and out. You see, even the way it looks from the outside, it's somewhat similar. Yeah, and we talked about it on the way in here. It's one of those buildings that you don't even know if it's a gym. We were actually coming in here, and there was a guy who was asking us where the plusher is, and <laughs> we said, it's right here. It's right in front of us. And he, he worked here, too, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> he was a security guard. Where do I go? <laughs> what am I securing? Help me. <laughs> he had no idea because this just looks like another another hall, you know, with classrooms or maybe just a little rec hall. No one has any idea. It's a very unassuming place, and I think that's the way Penn likes it. You know, they like to, to keep it a very unassuming place, but inside there's just a ton of history that, that people don't realize. So let's run through the rest of that top five. College basketball venues, the sport is underway. It's the best time of year here. There are some great non-conference matchups coming up that we can start to talk about. And Before we get to the end of this, I want to get to the Georgetown Hoyas because I think they're the most... I don't know if unassuming team in college basketball is the right phrase, but confusing teams, we'll talk about them. But in terms of great venues, we've seen some games played at some of those great venues already, obviously. But what are some of your other favorites between here and you mentioned Cameron Indoor? Right. Well, I also mentioned the Carrier Dome uh, for, for very different reasons than Cameron Indoor and the Palestra is, is an awesome place to watch a game. There's a lot of history there, both with football and basketball, and it's just it's one of the cooler places that you need to visit at some point in your lifetime. Uh, another one we talked about was Rupp Arena in Lexington, Lexington Kentucky. Uh, very, very prestigious. You know, a lot of history there in the past, and and some more recent history now that they've become a perennial top team in all of college basketball. And and I would say reestablish themselves more so than have become. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> not have become. They've definitely been there before, but yeah, they they definitely had a few years where they weren't that top team. They were just kind of like the rest of the SEC, but with John Calipari back, they've been a top team for the past past while now. That's exactly right. I would add Assembly Hall to that list on the campus of Indiana University in Bloomington. That's a program in Indiana that has been at the apex of college basketball many times and I consider that maybe the loudest arena in college basketball and I consider that fan base to be maybe the best fans in all of college basketball and I say that because they have had a sustained period of drought and it started with the Kelvin Sampson hiring and firing and the sanctions that went along with that and after that, they were down for a long time. Tom Crean comes in, preaches hustle, preaches grit. They're losing by 20 points. They're winning 12 games a year. And that building is still packed. And they're cheering and on their feet every time a guy goes down on the floor to chase a loose ball. Little things like that is what it makes, it makes a place like that, aided significantly by the fans there, 
but that makes a place like that really special to me in terms of college basketball and its prestige and marquee venues. And for good reason. You know, if the Palestra is not the home of college basketball, then it probably is in Bloomington, Indiana. Uh, you know, a lot of great history out in Indiana, both in high school and college basketball. Uh, just they, they love their basketball out there, and, and that's why they're so passionate about their team no matter where they are in the standings. Hinkle Fieldhouse, while we're talking of the state of Indiana, that is where the Butler Bulldogs play. It's a historic venue. It's become more on the world and, and at least national stage because of the success of that Butler program, and now it's in a major conference. They are in the Big East. But a fun fact trivia question. Do you know what Hinkle Fieldhouse I'll give you a decade from the night, well, well, two decades, so anywhere from the 1930s to the 1950s, if you can start to pare down. On the spot trivia, what event happened there that you, I, and every other basketball fan would know about? Well, I, I have one guess, and it's going to be the, um, uh, what they're named after, Hoosiers, uh, where that, uh, where the, um, Oh, I can't even think of the name of the team anymore, but uh, where, where... The Hickory High School. Hickory, yes. Hickory, that was it. You are absolutely <laughs> correct. That was played at Hinkle Fieldhouse. And again, you know, the early stages, early to mid stages of the 20th century. That was played at that same fieldhouse where you see Alex Barlow and the Butler Bulldogs now tout a, and I think Barlow is gone, unfortunately, but the Butler Bulldogs tout a mid-20s ranking. They've gone to the NCAA championship in the final game of the NCAA tournament twice. Yes, that is the major historic event from that time period in history. And uh, it's cool to think back. The other venue that I want to hit on, and I, I want to give all credit to Sean Hannon, who also continues to help out with the show. He lives out in Pittsburgh, and we did many shows from the University of Pittsburgh and certainly from Duquesne as well. The Peterson Events Center at Pitt and the Palumbo Center at Duquesne, but he mentioned that Madison Square Garden he would put into that category, and not because St. John's plays there, although there have been great games there, but because of everything that the Big East Tournament came to represent. And that was really the first conference tournament that was put on national television. It, it was a revolutionary conference in the way Dave Gavitt went about things, and we just saw the Gavitt games tip off between the Big East and Big Ten. And the coaches that were involved in the Big East, Lou Carnesecca, John Thompson Jr., Roley Massimino, among others. And so he mentioned that as a possible venue that might be considered in that top echelon. Yeah, that's that's a great choice there. I, that's something I never even thought about just because, you know, Madison Square Garden, you just think about professional, you think about the Knicks. But that that is an amazing choice for a top uh, collegiate arena there because, yeah, like you said, all the Big East history that's there, the first ones to do it, you know, there's really nothing else like it. You know, every year you're going to Madison Square Garden for the Big East tournament, and it's it's different than anywhere else. The places change year to year, and the fact that the Big East has been there for so long just shows what a great venue it is for such a special tournament like the Big East tournament. You're listening to our tip-off show, and we are at one of the great venues in all of college basketball, the Palestra, on the campus of the University of Pennsylvania, where the Penn Quakers host the LaSalle Explorers in the Big Five opening game for the 2015-2016 schedule. We went through the schedule this year. LaSalle, Penn, St. Joseph's, Temple, and Villanova will all square off against one another at some point this season to determine who is the best in the city. And it starts tonight. We're happy to be a part of it. We'll come back on the other side. We've talked about this game, LaSalle and Penn. We mentioned Temple. We still have to get to St. Joseph's and Villanova before we check in for the game. We'll take you right up till tip-off here tonight. We'll talk about this St. Joe's team, what they need to do to reignite some of the magic of years past. Do they have that next great playmaker in DeAndre Bembry? And then for Villanova, again, a top 10 team. They've been either one or two in the NCAA tournament each of the last two years, have yet to advance to the Sweet 16 in that time frame. Now a lot of guys back and some new guys as well. Can this team get over the hump? We'll come back on the other side with all that and more. We're live from the Palestra. This is Bob Long Sports.
Elmark Signs and Graphics, your experts for custom signs and design, has been servicing the Philadelphia area for over 30 years. From illuminated signs to vehicle wraps, Elmark Signs is your choice for all your custom signs needs. Elmark delivers high-quality signs with a courteous, helpful, and experienced staff. Visit them at lmarksigns.com or give them a call at 610-692-0525. Again, that's lmarksigns.com. 610-692-0525. Go check out their website for some great examples of signs that Elmark has created and be sure to tell them that Bob Long Sports sent you. Elmarksigns.com, your choice for custom signs and design. Bob Long from Bob Long Sports here, and I want to tell you about the good folks over at City Year Philadelphia. Every day, the dedicated young adults at City Year make an impact in high-need schools in Philadelphia and in 26 other cities across the country by serving students who need extra help to stay on track to graduate. If you are ages 17 to 24 and are interested in serving as a tutor, role model, or mentor, check out the inspiring stories at hashtag MakeBetterHappen. City Year is currently accepting applicants for the next school year. Soccer is the fastest growing sport in America. It's about time the most popular game in the world, the beautiful game of soccer, comes to Philly Airwaves. Boozella, the World Soccer Show, presented by the Iron Abbey, is a live interactive talk show dealing entirely with professional soccer. The show exists only to serve the love of the culture, pageantry, and tactical aspect of the beautiful game of soccer. Join Boozella every Sunday from 3 to 5 on 610 Sports. Hey, Bob Long Sports fans, how can you stay involved with the site anytime? A reminder to follow us on Twitter, at Bob Long Sports. You can also access our Facebook group. Just search Bob Long Sports and it'll come right up. And then, if you have a smartphone, you can listen to any of our live programming by visiting the Ustream app, that's U-S-T-R-E-A-M, searching Bob Long Sports, all one word, and you can access any live programming on the Bob Long Sports network. So be sure to stay connected to Bob Long Sports. Bob Long Sports, Bob Long Sports, your daily dose of sports. Sports. BobLongSports.com gives you not only the best radio broadcasts on the internet, but plenty of articles as well. Stay up to date on your Penn State football team. Stay up to date on college football, the MLB, the NFL, and every other major sport out there. Tune in to all the radio shows and be sure to check our website regularly to see what content we have up now. And when you hear that jingle... Bob Long Sports, Bob Long Sports, your daily dose of sports. Sports. You know you're in the right place. back at the Palestra on the campus of the University of Pennsylvania. The Palestra, the home of the Big Five and the home of the Penn Quakers out of the Ivy League. It's Penn versus LaSalle tonight in the Big Five opener and the second game out of the Big Five will come just a few days from now. That's Tuesday night, December 1st, as Villanova travels to St. Joe's to play the St. Joe's Hawks. Now, Kev, let's start with the Hawks themselves. Led by Isaiah Miles in scoring this year. Isaiah Miles averaging 17 a game. He's at about 6'6", 6'7". DeAndre Bembry, he's been the best player for the last couple years for this program. He's averaging 14 a game in just five this season, or I should say four games. Or it is actually five games with their game just the other night where they beat Old Dominion by two. And then James Demery and Aaron Brown follow right behind with just under 10 points. So you have a lot of swing guys there, Kev, anywhere from about 6'4 to 6'7, 6'8. And those are can be can be very tough matchups for St. Joe's as they go to play different teams. They started off with a very tough, but at least you get the win type of game when they beat Drexel by one. They lost just once this year and recently, like we said, one by two against Old Dominion. Now, what are your thoughts on this St. Joe's team? Phil Martelli still coaching there. Hagen Arena got a facelift a couple years ago, and this certainly is not the Jameer Nelson, Delonte West team. Not that anyone needs to even say that. We know that. But 
this program over the last couple years. They've made a few tournament runs. They've done well in the A-10 tournament, which has hoisted them to those opportunities. And this program is finding itself more than more to what it should be. It was never going to be a prominent number one type team year after year, but it also should have been better than it was in the years following that. Now I feel it's come back to a very good balance that the St. Joe's faithful, and there are a lot of them in this city, what they can be proud of and be satisfied with. Yeah, and I think I think St. Joe's is is right about where where they should be. Uh, they're they're a very good team. They win a lot of games. They they beat teams that they should beat normally. They're they have some decent depth on your t on their team, like you mentioned. They have a bunch of guys that score about ten a game or so, and then they have Miles and Bembry who who are their stars, and they need to rely on them, especially when they're going up against a tougher competition like say the likes of a Villanova. They're going to need those guys to step up and have big games as well as their other guys. Their supporting cast is going to have to be there. Those guys need to show up ready to play that game. And, you know, they, they need to have a near-perfect performance to upset a team like Villanova in that game. We talk about this St. Joe's team. They will face Villanova on Tuesday night, and they're looking to get that first win just like Villanova. And, and not to push Villanova through, certainly, but do we find or do you think, let's say that you had to put money down, and I know you can't because you're a college athlete, so we won't make you do that, but if you did, is the winner of the Big Five this year, one, go, and maybe this is the same answer to both questions, but will it be uncontested, as in will there be no sharing of that title? And two, will the winner have at least a loss, or will the winner be undefeated this year? You know, my sense that I've gotten over the past few years is that, no, we're not going to have a shared title, and I do believe that the winner of this is going to be undefeated. Now, I think you could you could pencil Villanova in as going to win that, but I think that might be a mistake to make that too early. We've seen Villanova struggle in, in some games like that sometimes, so you never really do know. I think what you can mark down is two 3-0 starts from Temple and Villanova playing for the championship on that game in February. And that game being played at the Leah Coors Center. You'd have to say, Kevin, that of the four games, they're getting the two toughest on the road. That's the first one, Hagen Arena, and then the last one at the Leah Coors Center. And that game at Hagen Arena against St. Joseph's will be on the heels of two very difficult games this weekend, the first of which is against Stanford on Thanksgiving Day, a matinee, 4.30 p.m., and then against the winner, if they were to win that game, of course, against Stanford, but if they were to win that, it would be against the winner of Arkansas and Georgia Tech the next day on Friday. So whether that provides any type of challenge walking into what will surely be a hostile environment, you go a few years back when Javon Pinkston and those guys were, I believe, juniors, they got run out of the building at St. Joe's. Things happen. They got run out of the building a few years prior to that when they played St. Joseph's here when Hagen Arena was still being renovated. It was a 22-point win for St. Joseph's. So things do happen, and, and I do believe that this Villanova team is as good as any we've seen in the history of that program, and I do mean that in all seriousness. I think I would say the same thing about last year's team for Villanova. So I think they'll win the game, but history, especially somewhat recent history, is not particularly favorable against Villanova on the road in the Holy War. And that's what's so great about the Big Five and, and this basketball environment is that anyone can win on any given day. You know, there's no there's no chance that Penn shows up to the game versus Villanova thinking that the game is already lost and that there's no way they can win. You know, odds will say what they'll say. You know, on paper, no one will give Penn a chance. But the, I guarantee you, each one of these guys believes that if they play their best game, they can beat Villanova. And that's what makes this rivalry among these five schools so, so awesome. Let's talk a little bit more specifically about Villanova now because we've hit the other four teams fairly in depth, including the two teams playing here tonight. Both teams now out on the floor. The LaSalle Explorers, they are in their gold sleeves, but navy blue warm-ups. And then Penn on the other side, they have their maroon sleeves with the gray tops on their warm-ups. And they're taking the initial shots and layup lines and getting loose for what should surely be a great game to start off the Big Five season. 
Now, this Villanova team, however, they're undefeated at this point, have not been tested, and have had a run of at least 22 straight points in two of those four games, including two consecutive, Nebraska, and then the game before that, which you're going to have to remind me, actually it was the game after, East Tennessee, I believe, East Tennessee State. So, 22 straight points scored, and I know I butchered that and I apologize, but in two straight games, that doesn't just mean that your offense is rolling, that means that your defense, for lots of possessions in a row, is keeping that other team off the board, and in the case of Nebraska, a fairly good Big Ten team. So what do we think that this Villanova team will be able to do this year? So I think a lot of the questions surrounding Nova are absolutely in the tournament, and everyone's going to wait and see what Villanova does in the tournament. I think even if Villanova is ranked number one or number two in the country, people will will hesitate to give them credit because they'll say, you know, they're not a team, they're not a March team, they're not going to win in the tournament. Um, you know, they had they lost Hilliard and Pinkston. Um, you know, some people may say that that's going to be a big loss, but we've seen Brunson come in right away, and he's he's played amazing. He's he's coming in just like a Darren Hilliard, not obviously at the level that he was when he left, but he's certainly a guy who's who's right there in that same level who can do some of the same things. So I get, I think you're going to see Villanova in a very similar situation to where we saw them last year, and they will be tested on the way there. I promised I'd mention this before we get out of here, and we very quickly ticked down toward the first tip and the playing of the National Anthem introduction. So we'll get out of here in just a second, but they will have to play the Georgetown Hoyas, who lost to Radford in their first game, then went and lost to Maryland by five. So Radford, awful. Maryland, very impressive effort, beat Wisconsin, and then lost another very, very tough game. That's gonna be a very difficult program to deal with. They will also play the Virginia Cavaliers, who are one of the top teams in the country. They'll play them on the road in Charlottesville before the end of this year. It's a, a very interesting year for Villanova. And at this point, we're gonna sign off, send it down to the National Anthem. Thanks for joining us here from the Palestra. And thanks once again for joining us here from the Palestra. For my co-host Kevin Long, I'm Bob Long, signing off from the mecca of college hoops. We'll catch you next time on our stadium tour here with Bob Long Sports.